welcome back to Wellness Weekly on Radio Free Hillsville 101.7 FM. I'm your host, Rachel Kogaji, speaking here with your other host, Brock Lutz. And we are talking to his wife, Jennifer Lutz, or Jen or Jenny, about relational health. And right now we're talking about emotional boundaries. So just going to jump back into it. Jen, what about people talking about marriage while dating? Yeah, so I, tough. I think it is tough. I, I, I think that the danger of talking about it too early, it's kind of like looking through a dirty window. Mm-hmm. If, if you're just focused what's on what's outside, you actually miss that there's some stains on the window that mm. need to be, you know, and so you need to look at both. Like when you're, when you're driving, you don't just look at the, the bugs on your window, but you also need to clear them if, mm-hmm. if you're looking down, down the road. So to me, I think you have to do both of those things. I think even going back to your point from earlier, that's another one of those awkward conversations. Do you think we're talking about marriage too much? Do you think, do we need to talk about it more than we're talking, you know, where you're just being honest and you're expressing some of those I things? I also think one thing that would be very helpful and could be very helpful in early relationships is more group dating. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. that's where it's just fun. Like, I mean, again, it's Hillsdale, go bowling. Mm-hmm. I mean, go hang out in crowds and get to know mm-hmm. people so that you're not getting into these deep questions too early. Mm-hmm. Or you're just having fun you're together. Just having fun. Right. Like, yeah. Have yeah. fun. Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. And I know mm-hmm. we're all, you know, deep intellectual, thoughtful mm-hmm. right. Hillsdale students, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. But also you want to make sure you can have fun with it. You want to make right. sure you can have fun. Go skiing. There's a ski trip going coming yeah. up. Skiing is <laughs> a lot of fun. If yeah, you don't break your leg. I think. <laughs> I think that kind of goes along with the, the people who pull away. Is it's right. like just as equally as you don't want to only get along with other people. Mm-hmm. You don't want to only get along when you're with each other, and right. then that's like, right. Yeah. He ignores you when you're mm-hmm. with his friends, or you hang out with his friends, and you're like, these aren't good people. These aren't good influences. Right. Or from the guy's perspective, you're like, oh, these girls aren't really great role models, or mm-hmm. uh, we don't, or they don't really like me, and we don't really get along. It's so, like, do you get along right. with their friends as well? I think that's a, been a big thing. Mm-hmm for me and other friends dating is I I really like everybody to get along. So I always like really want to get to know my friends, boyfriends and the ones that have stuck around or like siblings, boyfriends that are now brothers-in-law, the ones that have stuck around are the ones that really made an effort to get to know me as Mm -hmm. well. And I don't think in an imbalanced way, but when they were around me, they legitimately cared about establishing a friendship with me and i think that really matters yeah. which i think again comes back to the, I, I like the window analogy mm-hmm. it's like what's in the window but also what's ahead because right. it is amazing i mean brock and i've been married 23 years we have a number of our friends still from our our hillsdale days mm-hmm. and those are mutual relationships right. and built over years of friendship and because where i also think we've talked about really honest struggles in our marriages too. I mean, cause I, and I think that's, that's an important thing long-term is that you have people that you're honest with that you, cause any relationship is, is challenging at times. But that's you know? why you don't want to ditch your friends. Right. Like you need both, yeah. you need mm-hmm. both the relationship, but also, and Tim Keller talks about that in the book as well. Mm-hmm. He talks about that he and his wife have a group of friends 
that they all met in college mm-hmm. and built these relationships. And now the, here they are 40 years later and they have walked through life together. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. if you are only judging it, like you two are the only ones that are going to know the relationship the best. But I think that sometimes when you're with the other person, you get caught up in the emotions, especially in the early stages. Right. And so even just on your own, taking a step back and like thinking about like, what did I just talk about? Like, what did we just do here? Like, yeah. is this good? And evaluating that and then also just running it by friends, like not like yeah. living your life like a puppet, according to your friends. But mm-hmm. I think it's for me personally, I like running things by friends and sometimes. saying like, do you think this is OK if I do this or do you think it's okay if like in these early stages we talk about this or things like that. Well, I think running it by friends and I also think having uh, having older people in mm-hmm. your life that you turn to. And I I mean, I know that you and Jen have a relationship because of, you know, you've been in a discipleship group with her and I mean, we need people like that that mm-hmm. we can look at and go, "Hey, what do you and what do you think? My friends might have this perspective." Um, and and Jen certainly is not bashful to share her opinion if she <laughs> really likes or doesn't like someone. So, I mean, I think those relationships are really important too, to have people that you're like, I, I respect you. So what do you think about these choices that I'm making? And let's be honest. The other thing is it takes a lot of honesty with ourselves because I think often when we really don't want somebody's opinion, then we won't ask. Then we won't ask or we go, we hide. Right. And when we start to pull away from rela- our mm-hmm. other relationships or are withholding what's really going on in the mm-hmm. current relationship, that's often to me like a red flag. Like you don't really want to tell your friends, mm-hmm. maybe so-and-so and I are like struggling here right. or I see some things that are a little bit worrisome and we don't do that because... We don't want to hear it. We don't want to hear it. No. We no. don't want to hear the real opinion. No. Or you're the embarrassed concern. about the state of the relationship. Or, or like if there's like concerns or there's mm-hmm. things that you're like, well, I don't really want to hear what they have to say. Which I think goes back to what you said earlier about Hills dating, which is sometimes we'd rather be with someone who is a fine guy, you know, there's, you know, but then, then be by ourselves. I mean, and, and I, so I think when, when we feel that and know it, a lot of times people will say, well, I don't want to ask opinions because I don't want to be by myself again. I'd rather, you know, what do they say? Better the devil you know than the one you don't. Um, mm. You know, so Interesting. I think yeah. that that's true too. Mm-hmm. You're listening to Wellness Weekly on Radio Free Hills on 11.7 FM. I'm Rachel and Brock is here as well, our other host. And we're here with Jen today talking about relationships and friendships and what healthy versions of that looks like. And so, Jen, we were talking about not pulling away from friends when you're in relationships. But just speaking broadly about friends now, where is that balance? And, you know, we talked about seeking advice and seeking friendship. I know I sometimes have the problem of being a chronic oversharer is I love I'm a very social being and I love having close friendships. But then sometimes people ask like oh how you doing and then I I want to be honest and I want to seek it so we're you know you don't want to become a professional advice seeker and I've heard sometimes people say like five to eight close friends is the average Hmm. when you're at Hillsdale it's like super what do you say it's the opposite of diluted super (laughs) (laughs) um 
Oh my gosh, I can't find it. Well, <laughs> convoluted or super just, like uh, intense yes. amount of great people that you could be friends with. Right. And so where do you draw personal boundaries in making friendships and not opening yourself up to vulnerability to a ton of, even if it's just like girl to girl or guy mm. to guy, sure. I think there comes a point where it can be exhausting or you you just, you overflow with advice like out your, like in your ears and then it's like coming out of <laughs> your ears because it's so much. Well, I think some of it is prayerfully and also using wisdom mm -hmm. because I do think like we all have our inner circles and then it just kind of goes out from there. And you have to, I, and I talk to the kids about this, it's like you have to kind of find your people and those are the people that you, the handful that are close, that you are going to take your deepest struggles and the things that you really need to like work through to those people and then it moves out from there, and that's okay. And I think, because we do have to also guard and protect our time, mm -hmm. and I think some of it is just learning to have wisdom with that. Mm -hmm. But how do you practically how do you set do those boundaries? Like if you have friends that you have your inner circle, and then there's people that want you to be in their inner circle, it's one thing if they're coming to advice because that's a slightly different relationship, but they're like also wanting you to give back to them. And you're like, I can't because I know in my head that I have, you know, hit my capacity of who I want to confide in. Mm -hmm. And if people seem like they need more friends, how do you in a loving way establish boundaries with friends when, and I'm asking this of you, especially because you're a really friendly person. <laughs> I wish I had some fabulous answer for that mm -hmm. outside of, Sometimes you just, it's just not possible. And that's really hard. And I, like, mm -hmm. I guess I'm struggling with the answer because mm -hmm. this is a lifelong wrestle, which mm -hmm. is I love people. I love to talk with people, I like to pour into people. I like to, I'm a, I'm an, a, like a verbal processor. Mm -hmm. So I like to, similar to you, Rachel, I like to verbally process. But there's just not enough hours in the day. And so some of it just has to be natural selection. Mm -hmm. It's like sometimes it just ends up being, this is physically what I can fit into a day. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to lose my mind if right. yeah. I try to do more. Mm -hmm. I think it's challenging because I I think, I think a couple of things. I, I think there are people who give and give and give and who are doing it maybe in an unhealthy way or mm -hmm. who like that's part of their identity is like being the helper. So I always yeah. want to be there for people. So I think that that can be harmful and destructive to that person. But, you know, we, we also live in such a, uh, and this is totally the fault of the counseling world. Like everyone is like, oh, I can't do that. I'm practicing self-care, mm. you, you know? <laughs> and I, to me, I, I think that there's wisdom in that. And I, I, like there are books that Jen and I have been reading about slowing your life down and all those kind of things. So I agree with that. But I think a lot of times that also can be a license to be selfish. Mm. And, I, and I, I, think, I think that sometimes if we're running on empty because we're giving, it isn't necessarily because we're giving too much. It's because we're not refueling. Hmm. So to me, I think, I mean, I, I, as Christians, we're supposed to be giving and loving and serving. Jesus came and he didn't have boundaries. Like he didn't 
say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'll die for those people, but not those. I mean, he, he didn't do that. He, he gave, but he also filled up. So I, I think we live between these two extremes of people that just want to fill up and people that just want to give. And actually, I think in our relationships, what we're called to do is have a devotional life where we're filling up and we're refueling, and, and then we can go give but it's not out of a place of, of emptiness, mm-hmm. but it's uh, out of a place of, of depth. St. Bernard of Clairvaux has this wonderful picture, and he says that ministry, a lot of times, we do like a fast-moving stream, and it's just mm-hmm. go, 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 and it's bi- bi- you know, busy and, and active, and boy, who doesn't love to sit by a stream? But that really what we're called to be is a reservoir that like fills up and fills up and fills up. And then our ministry or our relationships is, is the overflow. But, but it, it's not from a place of shallowness. It's from a place of depth. Mm-hmm. And I know, and I think like a hundred percent, all of that. And then practically I have a, one of my best friends. She does this. She has a running list of people mm-hmm. that she wants to get together with. Mm-hmm. And then I think just weekly, you try to plug people in and it's not like you can get to all those people in a week, but then you Mm -hmm. can like cycle through. And I have to, sometimes I have to remember that because I'm sometimes, I feel like it's more like whack-a-mole where I'm trying to like (laughs) meet all the needs and I'm like, okay. And I'm frantic, but it's like Brock said, you've been to our house. It's like (laughs) whack-a-mole. Sometimes it feels like whack-a-mole. But often the kids are the moles. The kids are the moles. God bless them. Yes. Well, I think Jen would say I'm a mole. Yeah, well, we're all, but it's like, I do. I need that time with, my heavenly father and that's like my morning routine and then i'm like looking at my day and then i'm looking at my week and then i'm looking at my month and i'm like okay what are priorities and how do i then fit these things in and prioritize people and again it can't necessarily be an every day or an every week but i bet if i look over the month i can grab a meal with somebody right. mm-hmm. and so it becomes those sort of things but there are going to be people in your closest circle clearly brock gets the majority of my, like, if he calls, he's the person that I pick up mm-hmm. because he's my person. Hmm. And he is like. That's good. Aren't you nice guys know I'm, your you're my person. But you know what I mean? There's <laughs> some Happy people, Valentine's Day. Thank you. Yeah. But there are some people that. Actually, that is perfect to. timing right. for this That's episode. True. Oh, yeah. This we, is our we, we planned that a long time ago, yep, Rachel, yeah. right? Uh, <laughs> but there are some people that I'm, you know what, I'm going to have to get back to you right. or I'm going to have to text you at the end of the day. It's a mixture, mm-hmm. and it's it's figuring out that balance. Sure. And speaking of boundaries, I know we got, Jen, we got to let you go. It's been so <laughs> Move great Move on to here. your next I thing. Love this. Oh, Fabulous. thank you. Thank you for Thanks coming for on. Me. Of course. Now, Brock, I want to ask you, because you're not the same as Jen, and I don't, to keep from the risk of this sounding like an echo chamber of Jen and I both being more like, oh, I can't say no to people, like talking to that group. Yeah. From your perspective, is the challenge still setting boundaries with people or is the challenge more being willing to say yes? Or where where do sure, you have yeah. that friendship dynamic? Because everything's a ten challenges in different areas of life, right? Yeah. Well, and I, I, I do think this is where where our um, kind of obsession with Enneagram and mm-hmm. those kind of things come in because Everyone is is a little bit different, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, interestingly, Jen is an extrovert, and 
people really fill her up and time, you know, with people fills her up. Uh, it actually tends to drain me, mm-hmm. which is odd because I spend all, all of job. my day talking to people. But um, but for me, there there's probably a greater need to fill up in order for me to do mm-hmm. that. And so where I think for her, it just becomes comes a little bit more naturally. Um, I think she was raised in a family where where people were always there. Our -hmm. family was a little bit more insular. So I think it's just partly personality, partly family background and things. So, um, but I, I, I do think that, that it does kind of the pendulum swings between those two, those two areas of, uh, boy, it's hard for me to say no, or boy, it's hard for me to say yes. And and in both of those, we, we do want a balance in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. But I, I also think we want to skew towards saying yes, because I do think in our lives we we exist to to love and serve other people. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important. So yeah. for for you as a college student, what what is your response to some of this conversation about physical boundaries and emotional Mm. boundaries and some of those kind of things. I think as a senior, like I've heard some of these things, I've experienced some of these things. I think I'm on the right track, but in other ways it's convicting like, Ooh, I I could tweak this. I could tweak that with friendship. And it is that tension because I think I'm usually a very giving person with friendships. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes I almost go to the reverse and recently I've been very busy. I'm like, oh, maybe I just, I need when I get stressed, I'm like, I just need to cut everything out. I like give too much right. to people. But I just, I'm always convicted with that and cannot keep that persona up for mm-hmm. more than maybe half a day, maybe yep. a full day, maybe a couple of days if it's a really busy period. Mm-hmm. Because I just, I know that it is good that we are relational beings and it is good to fill other people up and to be filled up. And usually if I, I'll like be dragging my feet about a lunch or something and then it ends up being really good. I'm like, wow, why was I anxious about that? Why was I trying to push that off? Sure. I also think that as a Christian, it's very important to be open to those different conversations with people. Mm-hmm. I think of my grandmother. Just being honest about just being, boundary setting and um, those kind of things. Well, being well and being open to having conversations with people you maybe necessarily don't quote unquote get along with or like sure. in your inner circle, but still being kind and being hospitable. Mm-hmm. I think of my grandmother just passed away recently and at the funeral something that someone said that really stuck with me was they were like, I from the time I met her this was my brother-in-law, but the, he echoed what like the pastor also said and my mom also said is there was never a conversation you had with her in which she didn't mention her faith. Mm. And that was very important to her and she was really intent on sharing the gospel yeah. with people. And sometimes it was like, oh, you know, Nana makes <laughs> like talks about her personal life with strangers in the airport and on the airplane every time she'd come to visit us for Christmas. Yeah. She'd be like, I met this nice young man. And of course, she, at that point, she was in her she'd 80s. She'd have his whole life story. Yes, uh, right. yes. Or he now would have her whole life story. Mm-hmm. And that would make my parents a little nervous because they're like, oh, what personal <laughs> info is she giving out? Right. I'm this vulnerable old lady. Yeah. 
And of course, when she said nice young man, she meant someone in his 40s or oh, 50s. Of because, well, that is young, you know. Rachel. What are you talking about? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but she would yeah. tell us as if it was an eligible bachelor for us. But I do think that was evidence of her interest in really interested in other people and mm-hmm. in their stories and wanting to share that cup that she did fill up and spend a lot of time filling up and it was overflowing out of her and she just was eager to share that and so I think that what I've taken from this is scheduling my life and my day so I have the space for that and so you have the space for those you know pursuing a romantic relationship the right way and pursuing friendships the right way and having that intentional, you know, whether it's morning or evening time, filling your cup up so that you are going about your day intentionally and not letting yourself be right. bl- swayed by the emotions mm-hmm. of um, whether that's like, duh, I don't want to get together with this friend. I don't want to give them my time or like, oh, I just need to spend time with all these friends or I need to spend time with like a boyfriend or whatever mm-hmm. is like my big and maybe this is just the place in life I'm in the goals I have right now is being intentional with how I spend sure. my time and I think that it well, time really comes is, down to time is like currency mm-hmm. you know when you have a budget later on you can you can only spend the money you have mm-hmm. and and we should look at time like that I, I yeah. only have so much so it's going to be dictated then by what I value Mm-hmm. So what I value the most, well, that's what I'm going to spend my, the most of my time on, or I should. Mm-hmm. Carl Rogers, the famous psychologist, said that people have incongruence in their lives when that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. If your values and and your decision-making or your time don't match up, yes. that's when people start to feel unwell. This has been Wellness Weekly on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. I am Rachel Kukaji. And I'm Brock Love. If you did not get the full episode, you can catch that on Spotify or anywhere else you listen to radio or podcasts. Otherwise, we will see you next week.